Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today, we have a special holiday episode, and we have a guest host, my right-hand man, Jeff Silverstein, VP of Sales and Marketing at the Advance Group, is going to be guest hosting today. I'm going to be taking a back seat as the guest to give everybody a little change of pace. You ready, bro? I'm excited. I've been ready. <laughs> yeah, Born man. ready. This, is, uh, this has been a long time coming. Um, you know, we've talked about this for a while, and we're both busy guys. we got a lot going on. So uh, it's good to finally do it right before the holidays, right at the end of the year. We've had another great year together, year of growth and, uh, you know, continued success. So uh, thanks for coming on, man. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you now. All right. Well, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking the mic from you, and I look forward to uh, giving the listeners a little insight to the man behind the microphone. Jack, you're an incredible human being, and this podcast is pretty awesome, and I love that we're doing something a little different for a holiday special, and you know, I know we've been talking about this for some time, so I'm, I'm super excited to get you out on the open road. I will do my best to make sure to not bang my hands on the table. You told me not to do that at yep. all, so I apologize in advance if anybody hears that. That's just my excitement to be here today. Um, you know, it's, it's cold outside, but we're warm in here, and uh, you ready for this, man? Absolutely. I want to get you out on the open road. So. Absolutely. You know, Jack, when we, when we first uh, were talking about hiring you and, and looking at you for, uh, you know, the VP of national sales and sort of heading up that division, you know, one of the things that we quickly realized was how incredible of a human being you are. Um, you know, and that's what we look for. Company culture is very important to us. And, you know, right away you're a guy and I see you sitting across from me with a nice smile on your face and, and it's awesome. You, you just, you, you resonate that enthusiasm um, and you're incredible. So, you know, I, I just wanted to, I know this is all about moving into the future, but I wanted to kind of go back into the past with you a little bit. And I wanted to hear you talk to our listeners a little bit about your upbringing and get to learn a little bit more about you. So, you know, tell me what made you such an incredible human. Tell me a little bit about your, your backstory and your upbringing and, and, and all of that. Well, thank you for saying that, Jeff. If, if you're listening to this, I am blushing. And, um, you know, as far as my upbringing, it was very modest. I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, you know, uh, a nice neighborhood and, and community, mostly Italian-Americans, Polish-Americans. And um, it was very, I don't want to say sheltered, but uh, I, I grew up, you know, knowing a very certain way. And that was like the Italian Catholic way, um, you know, as it's with family and friends and loyalty. And those things were always very important to me growing up. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I went to college, I didn't know Jewish people existed in New York. Oh, wow. I, I was I was completely like that's how sh not sh I don't want to say sheltered. It wasn't sheltered, but I just I was naive to that growing up. I, I uh, that's the type of community I grew up in. So um, you know that that was something. But um, yeah, you know I mean I was my mother uh, was a big impact. She she raised me in the church. You know I was in church every Sunday. Uh, you know doing stuff with her in the community. My mother is very charitable. Um, always doing stuff for others. She taught me at a very young age, you know, if you can do something for somebody, you should do it. Um, and, and she always kind of raised me with that level of compassion and, and thoughtfulness. Um, and, it, and it stuck with me throughout. Um, and then my dad, he really raised me to be a leader. Uh, he, um, I remember when I was a kid, I might have been like 10, and I'd gotten in trouble with something at school. And, you know, he said, we're not raising you to be a follower, we're raising you to be a leader. And that like stuck with me. And like, you know, when growing up, I always just tried to act as a leader and, and do things that leaders would do. And obviously, that's a, a, a long road, you know, I mean, 
you can't just fall into that. There are natural leaders, and you know I, I am somewhat one, but you know you got to back it up too. And and I've always really tried to do that a lot. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of it. And then once I got down here, um, you know that was post college, and, and college is just an interesting time. I mean, I was really partying and, and doing my thing there. And, you know, I did get my first sales job in college, which was big for me. Uh, that's where I learned how to cold call and like build a, um, uh, a list of, you know, potential clients and, 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 uh, stuff like that. And that was big, really helpful for me. So when I got out of college, I was looking for a job that was like not entry level. Like I knew I had sales experience. I had a book of business. I knew how to prospect and, and, and go get business and like put together a business plan and those type of things. So now I was entering the job market, like I wasn't pleased with what I was seeing. And I, I got my degree in sports management and it was just all entry level ticket sales jobs and stuff like that, or, you know, partnerships. And I didn't like it. Like I was like, you know, this, this isn't what I'm looking for. So I was working some jobs upstate and um, eventually made my way down here and got into the moving business and never looked back since. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, a lot to unpack there, and, and we'll get into the career stuff soon for sure. I want to I wanna talk to you about a little bit of that. First of all, um, happy Hanukkah. Yes. Is um, today the first day? No, today is not. It's, oh. it's going to be on Sunday, but I was just referring oh, yeah. to you uh, not, not realizing <laughs> yeah, that Jewish see, people existed. Yeah. And, and now you're around <laughs> us constantly. So, you know, uh, well, welcome to the tribe, I guess. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. Uh, you, you know, you said some incredible things there, um, being a faith-based guy and, you know, family being very important. Um, you know, one of the things that we noticed very quickly is that you're a big brother. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. I thought that was a really awesome thing that you do. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that stems back to faith. My first apartment in downtown Manhattan, uh, was right next to the big brother, big sister headquarter. And I'd found that out sometime along the way. And it's something I always wanted to do. Uh, like I always wanted a little brother growing up. Um, and obviously didn't have one. And, um, I mean, not obviously how would anybody know that, but I do just have a little sister, but, uh, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to do something. And again, like I had, I had been doing things charitably, but it was also a time in my life, like that period between 20 and 25, it's a real interesting period for young people because like, you're not completely an adult, um, but you're not a kid anymore either. So you're really like trying starting to figure it out. And a lot of that comes with like failing and looking like, an a-hole, you know, a lot of times. And I, I, that was an often thing for me. Like I was acting like, you know, a jerk a lot. It's an often thing for everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. No, it is. It is. And like, that's, I, I, I saw that happening. So, you know, it was at a time where I was like, I need to start making some changes and I need to start doing things the right way, being a leader. And, um, I had, I had a friend, he was in real estate. He was one of my first friends, uh, in, in New York when I got down here, he was a big brother. And I said, you know, I'd like to do that. Could you, could you, could you introduce me to the right people? And um, yeah, I got my match. It was November of 2016. And um, Jamik, I just saw him last weekend. We went and saw Black Panther 2. I've been with him uh, for seven years now. And it's great, you know. And, and one of the things I've learned through that process is as far as the dynamic between big brother, big sister, you know, there are, there's, there's a laundry list of young men in New York city, uh, who need big brothers. And then on the opposite side, there's a laundry list of women who are willing to be big sisters. And that always really kind of bothered me because, um, you know, it's not like I'm doing much, you know, and like, I know people perceive it as a really nice thing to do it. And it is, and I don't discount it. it it's definitely an important, you know, and, and nice thing that I do. 
but it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spending an incredible amount of time with this kid. I wish I could spend more with him, but, uh, you know, it's, it's eight hours a month and I call him once a week. And especially when you're starting out, like it's really nice creating that relationship that way. You know, now we're at a point where, you know, I check in with him when I want, we text, you know, we're, we're like brothers. So, um, it's, it's a little different, but you know, I, I've, I've really, and, and let this be like a public service announcement, you know, if you are in the New York metro area, you know, I highly suggest you do it because you, you don't, first of all, you don't understand what these kids go through. I mean, a lot of times they, they come from very difficult households and, and certain things, and they need men like us, you know, to step up and, and, and be a mentor to them and be a role model and those things. And like, you know, again, like I'm not anything special, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a regular guy, but you do so much for these kids and, and it means the world to them. And you can help change somebody's future. You know, there's so there's such like a path that a lot of these young men end up on. And my biggest goal with my little is just to make sure he stays on the, the right path. You know, when he, when he graduates high school, you know, I don't know if he's I'm not worried about if he's going to go to college or not. I want him to graduate high school and then we can take the next step in life and becoming a man and those things. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's been a great thing that I do and I'm happy to do it. I can't believe it's been seven years. I know my little, you know, half his life now. And, um, yeah, and, you know, he's, um, he's turning out all right. He, he, you know, he definitely has his struggles like we all do and, you know, God bless him. It's, it's not easy. And that's the other part of it too, is it opens up to you to a different side of life. You know, you know, a lot of us grow up in these two parent households and have all of these nice things that, you know, we, we, we don't necessarily understand how nice they are. And, um, you know, I've gotten to, you know, see that and, and understand it. And I'm just glad to be there for the kid. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, Really, really awesome, you know, and, and we've shared the stories together and, and I've seen the pictures and uh, it seems like not only are you being very impactful in somebody else's life, but they're being impactful in yours. Right. And, that's, and that's what being a true leader is all about. And that's, you know, one of the things that we recognize real quick about you and what your capabilities are going to be to lead the advanced group really into the future. And I know we're going to use that a lot today. Um, it's but a great I, tagline. I, it, it, is a, it is a wonderful <laughs> tagline, and it's a wonderful thing that you're doing, and I'm glad that you gave the PSA. I wanted to give you an opportunity to do that. Um, if you have any specific information you want to give the listeners, we can, of course, give that and, um, at the end of the episode, other episodes. But we really do encourage all of that. Is there any other charitable work you do? Um, I know you're part of a lot of associations. I know you do a lot of things on that level, but you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of highlight um, some of the wonderful things that you do, uh, to all your listeners. Yeah. You know, I'm active at the church. Um, you know, I'm coaching a CYO basketball team this year, which is great. How's uh, that going? It's going great. Actually. It's a lot of fun. Um, they're 10 and, uh, they won <laughs> one game last year and we're four and one this year. Um, so I'm Big turning better than the Knicks. And that's what I'm saying. Knicks are winning four in a row though right now, but, uh, true. uh, you know, I'm turning them into basketball players. And again, you know, also turning them into leaders. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. I got this little point guard. He's really good. He's our best player, but like I'm teaching him to pass the ball and get others involved. And I have one kid on my team. He's, he's, he's autistic, but he's like six feet and he's 10. And, um, you know, we were up one game big and, uh, I get him in the game cause what I, and I tell my little point guard, I'm like, listen, just throw it up to him. And I was like, and he's just going to turn around and shoot it. I was like, you know, just do it. And, um, we drew it up and he did it and he scores and like, you know, that stuff's awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, I'm doing that. Um, I'm doing IB, IBD pros, which is great. You know, that's a non-for-profit, uh, within our world as far as business development. And, um, you know, that's really based around like the business development community. And, you know, you were at the event last, last time, uh, we have our New York chapter. We have a Boston chapter. We're looking to extend into other markets. So for, you know, all of our listeners 
who are in other markets and would like to start that group, uh, we'd be interested in that. Um, it's, uh, it, it's really around building community, you know, creating uh, pathways for young people in business development to, to succeed earlier uh, than, than some might have had in the past. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm always willing to help. I really am. I enjoy it. I, I really do get great joy out of, out of giving back. I feel like that's why I'm here. I feel like that's why I'm in the moving industry um, because it is, like, r largely helping people. Um, especially when you start in like residential and stuff, you're helping people move. It's one of the most stressful things people can do. So, you know, that's, that's why I love it. And, um, yeah, you know, I just, uh, anything I can do, I'm dressing up as Santa tonight. Um, that's not charitable, <laughs> but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm one of my friends is having a dinner, uh, for her clients and she needed somebody to dress as Santa. So I'm going to do that. Um, so that's the thing. I'm always willing to help whatever I can do for people. Uh, you can always come to me. And, and I'll do what I can. That's great. We uh, we are going to need pictures of that. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. Oh, um, please come on. This is my big break right now. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the IDB pros that you mentioned that was a great event. And and for our listeners, I know that you had uh, Guy Cleveland on mm -hmm. the show from Razor uh, from Razor Consultants. So you know, go back to that episode. Um, it gives you a little insight into that. That's a wonderful thing. And I know that you're also moving down south with with a chapter, from mm -hmm. my understanding, uh, down in Miami. So hopefully, we give a a shout out to Joe Gross, who's, right. who's part of our team. That, Playing the that, flag down there. That's exactly right. That's going to be heading that chapter up, hopefully. Um, so you graduated college. You got into this uh, is sales job. Um, so let's take it from there. You know, what, what happened uh, in your career prior to coming on board with the Advanced Group? Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I started at a small moving company, and um, I didn't know anything. You know, I, I didn't know anything about New York City real estate. I didn't know anything about moving. Uh, I was as, you know, how'd you find the job? Ha. So I had a girlfriend down here at the time and, um, a recruiter reached out to me cause I interned for the jets when I was in college, which was great. It was when they were in hard knocks. Uh, it was so much fun, but, uh, I had a girlfriend down here at the time and we had talked about me moving down here and a recruiter reached out to me and I remember, uh, she set me up for a job contracting private jets to like high net worth people and stuff like that. And it was a sick job. It was like well-paying. The commission package was great. Like it was an awesome job. And I was so pumped because I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Like, this is what I need to be doing. These are the people I need to be selling to. Um, I'm all pumped up. So I'm driving down here. Uh, I'm going, you know, over the uh, Triborough Bridge to get to Long Island. And I get a call from the recruiter. And she's like, listen, Jack, we're sorry your interview fell through. And at this time, it was my girlfriend's birthday. Um, and we were going out to dinner with her parents that night. And I don't typically get angry. Like, I'm not the type. But I remember getting angry with this recruiter and being like, listen, like, I just drove all the way down here from upstate New York. I'm going to get dinner with my, my girlfriend's parents tonight. Like, you need to find me an interview. Like, I can't go. I'm not going to lie to them. Like, find me an interview. I don't care what it is. I just need something. And the recruiter called me back as I'm pulling into my girlfriend's uh, development. And she's like, listen, Jack, we got you this interview at a moving company. You know, it's not as sexy. It's not as well-paying. But he's a real good guy. It was Matt Schwartzberg. He's like, it was a real good guy. You know, we'll think you like him. And um, I was like, I'll take it. I was like, I don't care. I'll take it. He's, she's like, great. Uh, he'll meet you at a, at a Starbucks in Rockville Center tomorrow. I was like, great. Send me the info. And I met with Matt. Uh, started day one. You were there three months, four months before me and left. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. We, we didn't, we didn't get to cross over, right. but, but probably for the better. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I did 
have the pleasure of, of working with Matt Schwartzberg, who is an OMA member, and we'll get to OMA in a minute. But, uh, yeah, keep, keep, keep going. Right. So I met Matt, and um, we hit it off. It was actually funny, too, because he was like, uh, he's like, why should I hire you? And I was like, uh, you know, I got a sales track record. Like, you know, I work hard. I'm a hard worker. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, but, like, why should I hire you? He's like, you know, everybody says that. And I told him, I was like, you know why? I was like, because I want to be great. And I was like, you know, and I think if you hire me, you can help me be great and I'll be great for you. And um, that was enough. And we got started. And I remember it was tough at first. You know, Matt, he's uh, he's not the most patient type. And I remember we were like six months in. I was still like not really getting it. And um, he came out with me one day and like, you know, kind of just shadowed me. And we were sitting in Penn Station area. And he's like, Jack, listen. He's like, there is no reason why you can't be in President's Club, which is like the Atlas, you know, uh, Distinction Club, uh, every single year. He's like, you got it. He's like, you just got to put it together. And, like, shortly after that, I started putting it together. And um, it was tough, too, because when you're in moving and you're new, like, you're estimating jobs and you're doing all that stuff, and, you know, you're constantly messing stuff up. You know, like, there's no one – you can't – no one can like really watch everything you do. Like, you know, there's going to be some level of miscommunication or, or anything like that. And I didn't like messing up. That was a real issue with me. Like I was making something more stressful for these people who I was supposed to be helping. So like that really stuck with me. And that's when I realized like, you know, I could talk the talk, but I really wanted to learn how to walk the walk. Like that was big for me. And, um, I started doing that more. I remember Matt sent me to a certification program. And when I got out of that, I was like 24. I I just, you know, been in it for a little while. And he's like, what was the biggest thing you learned? He's like, I was like, we need to start getting accounts. And again, I was like 24 saying these words, you know, and and Matt was never thinking that no one was like, you know, it wasn't a thought. I was like, but we need, I was like, we need to get accounts. We need to find ways to get accounts. So that's when I started, you know, working on accounts and like cold calling, but I still wasn't ready. I was reaching out to colleges because I wanted to handle um, their coaches relocations when they hired new coaches and stuff like that. That was my in. Right. And, um, I made headway, but it was, I was still too young. And then I eventually got involved in commercial with Tim and Tim taught me the commercial world and like how to think in that mindset. And if you know, Tim, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of OMA people know, you know, the way Tim looks at things is, um, very unique. And, and like, he taught me a lot of really key things that helped me along the way. And I was seeing success, but what came with this success was a lot of other stress and like, you know, moving is stressful, right? And like how I was managing my time, you know, became very uh, detrimental to like my overall health. So I was like, I need to make a change. And um, I ended up trying to do commercial real estate for three months or no, excuse me, six months. I got three exclusives, two exclusives in like four months, which is like unheard of and um, for, for starting brand new and not knowing anybody. And uh, I hated it though. It was way too corporate for me. It's like, just not my style. Like I'm a blue collar guy. Like I can't be doing that type of stuff, especially at that age. I was like 25. So then I was on indeed.com and um, I was looking for jobs on indeed. And I typed in like office moving or something like that. And the role office move coordinator came up on indeed. And I thought it was like a template for what a job was supposed to look like on indeed. Like I was like this, this can't be real. Um, so I applied and I got that job and that like opened my entire world up. Um, 
that taught me about a fast growing tech company and how to scale and grow, not just from a move perspective, but also from a real estate and headcount and, and, um, you know, furniture perspective and asset management and all sorts of things. And what it most important taught me is the world of national and global accounts. And I saw it from the inside, how these accounts operate and how someone like myself needs to manage multiple moves and, you know, office spaces and multiple markets and how important it is, you know, to have that level of service and do it right. And, uh, you know, we did have somebody who come on. That's kind of where me and you really met because I had brought Oma in as a potential global partner and it didn't work out, but it was my first glance into that world of Oma specifically. And I was always, I was pushing Oma very hard because that's what I needed. I needed brick and mortar in these different locations. I knew I could do the back work of setting up the processes and whatnot, but I needed to make sure that I had all of these different partners in these markets who could do the work. That's all that was important to me. So it didn't work out, but I did that for three years. It was great. I traveled the world. It completely changed my worldview and perspective on like life in general. You know, again, growing up, I mentioned I had modest beginnings. My family never traveled further than like Florida. So to travel all over the world and, and meet all different kinds of people was insane. This time, five years ago, I was in Tokyo doing a project. Uh, I, I saw it on my phone. Um, and it's just crazy to think, you know. Uh, so that happened. Um, but what happened at that job, and it's also a testament to the type of work I do, I pretty much automated the whole thing. Um, I had it set up basically like in a calendar and through like almost automated emails where at certain dates, certain documents would go to our global move partner and certain documents would go to like our office managers. And then I would get that information back, throw it into a spreadsheet. And it was like, I could do it in my sleep, you know, like I wasn't really doing anything. So I had to move on and I went to WeWork and um, got a part of that train. And my first week at WeWork was the last summer camp. And I don't know if people know what WeWork summer camp is, but if you want to Google it, you could check it out. It's essentially a, a massive music festival for every WeWork employee. And um, that was crazy. That was in the south of London. Um, and that was a, a, what's the best way to put it, um, precursor to my WeWork life. Because WeWork was just crazy and hectic and nuts. Um, and that was in August of 2019 I started there. And then I think in November of 2019, I asked you to get drinks and um, that's when I had told you, I was like, listen, like, I'm thinking about making a move. And um, that's how the whole journey, the plant, the sand, uh, excuse me, the plant, pardon me, the seed was planted. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't know we could do uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to. I'm kidding. That's but, when we curse. Yeah, later. right, right. Um, so, yeah, and that was it. And, like, you know, meeting you and Anthony and KJ off the bat, like, I saw what you guys were doing, and I was just remarkably impressed. Um, it was significant. And the foundation was there, the, and the, the brand was there. You did a really good job with that, of establishing the brand in the tri-state area. From the time you come here, when you started, what was it, 2013? Yeah, something like that, yep. Yeah, so like, I mean. A little earlier, but yeah. Right, but even still, like, so that growth in that time was significant, you know? Like, I mean, the amount you, you, you the advanced group has grown, um, you know, since you came on board, uh, you know, I took that into to, to, to thought and mind 
when I was making my decision. And like, that's how I am approaching it from the national account perspective. I was like, well, you know, Jeff kind of came on as VP of sales and marketing and you know what he's done from both a sales and marketing standpoint, I'm essentially trying to emulate from a national and global level. And um, obviously it takes time, but we're certainly heading in the right direction. Um, so yeah, it's been great. It's, you know, it's great, great business, great company, great people. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And, and you touched upon a few different things, right? You were on the service provider side, on the residential side, yep. then you moved into the commercial side, um, you know, poor service provider. And then you went into end user, end user. One was more of a move role and one was more of an implementation role in terms of, you know, setting up, um, you know, different WeWork offices and all of that kind of stuff sort of soup to nuts. So it sort of gave you this progression of, what a full cycle commercial real estate, you know, relocation project sort of looks like. Um, exactly. And just to stem off that, the good thing about a WeWork is it was essentially you were opening up three different uh, like types of real estate in one. You were opening up a retail space, a hospitality space, and an office space all in one opening, which was great for me because I learned all of those different like concepts and processes from a construction standpoint, from an IT security standpoint, from a design standpoint, obviously logistical aspect of that and warehousing. But to, to understand all of those things, like with a WeWork, you're putting 1,100 desks in there, right? It's the same concept if you're opening up a hotel and you have 1,100 beds, you know? So like I know how to do that uh, from, a, from a logistical warehousing procurement aspect so it runs efficiently. So I can do all that. And like, it's not out of the realm of uncomfortableness or unknowing. Like I can walk into a room with Marriott or whatever and be like, you know, we could, we could fix your operation if they're having issues or whatever. You know, I understand that very well. Also from a global perspective too, because, you know, I've done, we work openings, uh, you know, all throughout North America, Mexico, Canada, uh, all across the East coast here. So like I, I get it at scale. Um, so it's really good with that, that sense. And then also, you know, to, to promote the advanced group IT division, I know how to set up security in these areas too. And like, you know, as far as where cameras are located, you know, card access badges and in, 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 in certain rooms, I know it from a, from a building uh, or a property management perspective because WeWork was the property manager in a lot of these offices. So, uh, you know, it's like all of those things was really, the way I like to put it is Indeed was like a bachelor's in, in moving, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and WeWork was like a master's where I, I learned all about construction. I, I learned about this stuff at Indeed too, but I, because WeWork was also such a shit show, and we could swear, um, I had to learn all about construction and IT because when I'm walking on site, we'd be one to two weeks out, and it's still like a full-blown construction zone. Um, so, you know, like I had to know everything about MEP and, um, you know, millwork and, and lighting and all that stuff. Um, so it... Uh, it was very helpful. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. Like, I think in my position, although I'm talking to some kid who I'm really interested to, to meet with, he's this kid, Tom Anderson, he works for a competitor and he seems to be crushing it. But as far as young people go in our industry, I have a very unique uh, perspective and um, experience that is a very advantageous to my clients and, and what we do at the advanced group. Absolutely. And um, now everybody can see what we saw in you um, pretty early on, um, and obviously this became a no-brainer for us uh, to bring you on board. Um, but if you notice the timing and all of that when we brought you on board, um, was right during 
the pandemic. It's right when it hit. And, you know, I wanted that to talk about uh, 100%. I, and, and, you know, we made the decision to um, keep our promise to you and, and bring you on board because we thought not only do you have incredible talent and leadership skills, but you will help us uh, diversify our services to the national uh, level that we needed, I think, to get through the pandemic sort of, you know, intact and, and, and even growing to a certain degree. Um, but I certainly wanted to touch upon um, what it was like for you to start at a new company um, in a new role um, during the pandemic at, at such a difficult time where you really couldn't get out and, and you know, physically meet with anybody. And, and, you know, we both know in the sales role that how important that is to be face to face with people. And, you know, we're just starting to get back into that now and, and how much that changes the dynamic of what you can do. Um, but I thought, and, and I want the listeners to hear a little bit about your tactics, but I thought it was incredible some of the things you were coming to the table with in terms of opportunity and how you got there. So I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about that and, and you know how you went about doing that because um, I, I thought it was incredible and, and it was a real game changer for us. Right. So we'll stand back and we'll continue to the story that was going. So I started talking to you in November of 19 uh, when I you know was thinking about changing jobs. I had met Anthony in uh, uh, 2020, February of 2020. And is that when the pandemic started? Maybe it was 18. It was 18. I met Feb Anthony. February 2020. I'll remember no, no, no. it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, re I met Anthony in February of 2019. He took us to his wine club. We sat down. And um, I was like, you know, I'm in. Uh, but I was like, I just got to finish some stuff up at WeWork and then Things happened at WeWork. My best buddy there passed away. And, like, I couldn't leave my team at that time. Like, I had to stay there. I had to get through. And then we had gotten to a point where WeWork was going to be laying people off because they were going public. And I knew I was going to be getting laid off eventually. So I wanted that severance package. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. And, and I remember you guys were so patient with me. And I was getting very, like, concerned and nervous. I was like, you know, they're going to get pissed off at me. Um, like, I'm, I keep, you know, telling them to wait, to wait, to wait. And then the time comes, and it's March 2020, and the pandemic had just hit. We work had sent all their employees home. I remember I was so excited because I was finally getting laid off, and but I was like, crap, like, I don't know if I have a job anymore. Like, I waited on this, and, like, I really messed it up. And I remember I called you literally right after the WeWork call. I called you. You were my first call, and I was like, hey, I finally got laid off. And I, I might have said, like, I get it, though. Like, I know times are tough right now. Like, I've got to wait. I have my severance package. We could figure it out. And he's like, let me, let me figure it out. And you call me back like maybe half an hour later. And you're like, you're in. You can start tomorrow if you want. And I was like, let's go. And um, I think what I did was uh, I'm very business plan like centric. You know, I, if in business, you have to have a plan, right? So I, uh, I put together a business plan. That was the first thing I did and like what I envisioned. I actually think I might've even sent that to you before, like before I even started, like I had a business plan put together and um, I became very diligent with that. And I put together spreadsheets and I started working my network on LinkedIn. And because again, this is a time where I couldn't get in front of anybody. So I just started reaching out to people, reaching out to new people, telling them my experience, telling what I'm doing. You know, a lot of people from WeWork got laid off. So I was trying to uh, you know, infiltrate that network and get in there and um, just get after it, you know, have a, have a certain number of people who you want to reach out to per day, hit that number, study the data, what worked, what didn't work, 
Um, if you need to build on that number, if you're running out of prospects, find more, uh, you know, find different avenues. You know, that's the way I operate and that's the way I go about it. It's, it's, there's no wall, there's no wall. There's only turns that you have to make just to keep going. So I did that. And then I got a great opportunity for consulting work, which was really unique. And again, it was perfect. Um, because it allowed me to apply a lot of the skills that I had learned over the last, you know, five years uh, to this client. And it was perfect. And um, it was a great project throughout the pandemic. I mean, this was a, you know, Fortune 100 tech company, um, one of the FANG companies, and um, they, they needed our services. And that came, and this is why it's so important to network and always be good to people and create meaningful impacts because that introduction came from a, a woman who was I was in a BNI group with when I first moved down here, but always had a very close relationship with, you know, as, as, as a networking partner. She has a printing uh, company, um, and she's, I, I put on LinkedIn, I was like, hey, started at the advanced group, just got back into the industry. If I haven't talked to you in a while because I've been doing my other thing, would love to catch up with you. Had a meeting with this lady. Um, her name's Marilyn Dolan. She's a great lady. Uh, and she's like, yeah, one of our family friends is a move manager at such and such company. Um, you know, would that be a good introduction for you? And I was like, yeah. And um, she introduced me and, and me and the, the, the woman at the, the tech company hit it off. And she's like, yeah, you know, we need this consulting work. We are redefining our Mac moving processes. For those who may not know what Mac moving is, it's move ad change. Um, we need some help with that, bringing on new move vendors and furniture vendors and reconfiguring our processes so that they work better for us um, and all this stuff. And it ended up taking uh, like six to eight months, which was perfect for the pandemic, like pretty much ran through the pandemic. Um, and it kept me really busy. And not only that, I was doing other business. Like, you know, I had brought in some accounts that I'm still working with today uh, then. So um, it, it was a good start considering the circumstances because what also happened then, which never happens, is moving shut down entirely for like a solid two months, you know, and literally supply chain never stops, never stops, has to keep going for functioning economies and it stopped. So the fact that I could, you know, build this type of business through consulting um, was really great. And I don't think you guys even expected that. Um, it was, sure did neither not. did I, neither no. did I for that matter. Um, but, uh, it was, it was great in it and it got me going again and it got me in the mindset again to be like, uh, you're in sales. So like, you know, you're a hunter now, you're not, you know, you're not getting sold to anymore. You have to do the selling. So how are you approaching it? You know, you, you gotta be careful with how aggressive you are. You gotta be careful with how you articulate your words and your message. And, and it got me back in that mindset because I was essentially selling them too for six to eight months. And I did a good job. One of the biggest things I learned from that is never sell yourself short up front. You could have made so much more money on that deal. Um, but lesson learned. Um, and now from that, we have a new opportunity that we're going to meet later about today for another company to help similar stuff. So, you know, let that be a message to people in the industry. Even if you lose an opportunity, um, you never know when it's going to come back to you. These people go to new companies and have new opportunities and they always remember the service you gave them if you do a good job. So even if you lose out on it, you know, don't burn bridges, be, uh, you know, modest, um, in your, uh, in your send off and hope for the next one. Absolutely. And, and push boundaries is what it sounds right, like, right? right? I mean, you're, you're, you're an incredible outside the box thinker. So in, in, in addition to, you know, all the leadership skills that you have and the sales skills that you obviously have, 
um, the outside the box thinking is what's really going to get you and and the advanced group really to the next level on on how you sort of think um, you know broadly uh, about certain things. And I, I wanted to go back to um, the OMA thing, which is the Office Moving Alliance. I know most of your listeners are very familiar with that. So talk to me a little bit about the Office Moving Alliance and what it means to you. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause that answer, and we're going to make this a two-part episode because we basically did part one in about 37 minutes or something like that. Um, and we're going to do that as far as my background and, and, and you know getting to know me a little bit and how I got to here. And then we'll do part two will be the advanced group in OMA and what we have planned for national accounts. I'm with it. All right. Go. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to part two.